0: My sailboat got impaled on a metal spire in the middle of the ocean. I fear I will never see land again. Thursday, February 16th. This morning I awoke violently to the most dreadful sound I have ever heard. An ear-splitting screech echoed through the hull of my boat, and the vessel came to an abrupt stop. Quickly, I crawled out of bed and tried to gather my bearings. As I exited the bedroom, my feet were greeted by a cold splash. I looked down to see the entire floorboard covered in an inch-deep carpet of seawater. Flurries of thoughts raced through my mind, and I began to fear the worst. As I wondered whether or not I had struck a reef, my eyes caught a glimpse of something sharp and rusty, poking out of the wall, on the starboard side of the saloon. It was some kind of metal spike roughly three inches in diameter. It was about chest height and had obviously impaled the hull. Water flooded in from the small openings between the spike and the hull in rhythm with the waves as they crashed into the boat. The pulsating water was reminiscent of gushing blood erupting from a severed artery. I rushed over to my utility closet, splashing through the water as I scuffled across the cabin. There, I began frantically rummaging through the unorganized mess of the various tools and supplies I had gathered over the years. As I searched, I could feel the water level slowly rising. I imagined the boat as an hourglass and the water as sand. Each grain of sand that poured in through the hull only led me closer and closer to an untimely burial at sea. When I had finally located what I was looking for, I hurried over to the spike. There, I began sealing the cracks with waterproof tape, reinforced with some kind of fast drying putty. Due to the sheer size of the spike, I wasn't able to remove it completely. Though, I wouldn't, if I could either. The spike served as a blockade, and without it, the cabin would have been flooded in mere seconds. I'm sure you have heard that you should never pull out a knife from a stab wound. This is because the knife aids in sealing up the wound preventing even more blood from pouring out. Well, the same concept applies here. Thankfully, stopping the leakage proved to be no challenge. But now that things have quieted down, I am beginning to realize that my problems aren't over just yet. I am in the middle of the Atlantic, weeks away from the nearest continent, and I am stuck here for the foreseeable future. I went up to the deck immediately after sealing up the leak and I discovered that the spike is actually attached to a greater structure that runs deep beneath the ocean surface. It almost seems to be some kind of large metal spire. It's covered in rust and barnacles, and a great portion of it rises several feet above the water. It has four sharp spikes protruding from each side, one of which is the one that has pierced my hull. I will investigate further tomorrow. Friday February 17th. I spent the remainder of yesterday hauling floodwater out of the cabin. It took me several hours to accomplish, but at least it's dry down there again. Mostly anyway. I have also furled up all the sails on the boat, and they will remain so, indefinitely, unless I somehow manage to get free from the spire without a hitch, which I highly doubt this was done so that the spike wouldn't tear open the hole again when a powerful gust of wind hits the sails. As for the spire, I am no closer to understanding what it is, or why it's there. I hopped in for a swim this morning, in order to better survey the structure, and as soon as I breached the surface, an overwhelming sensation of dread overcame me. I have lived by the sea my entire life and have never been affected by thalassophobia before but seeing how deep that structure descended into the dark and murky depths below sent shivers up my spine. I don't know quite how to explain it, but the whole situation felt strange. Yes, I am aware that the structure itself is inherently an anomaly, but that's not what I am talking about here. I felt this sort of low hum radiating through my body as I swam, and all of a sudden, I felt exposed. Paranoid, that something would emerge from the deep and drag me down with it. I looked down, and through my swimming goggles, stared into the blue abysmal ocean depths, and I swear I could feel something staring back at me. Needless to say, I quickly got back on the boat after that. I think it will be a while before I dare enter the ocean again. Friday, February 17th, entry number 2 after my morning swim with the spire i began attempting to establish contact with emergency services i didn't think i would need to write another entry for today but a couple of strange things have been happening so i reckon it is for the best if i document everything moving forward firstly radio signals seem to be wavering whenever i try to communicate over the airwaves i get in return only a chorus of static with some barely intelligible chatter scattered in there somewhere. I also have an extremely weak internet connection, but considering how frail it is, I might as well be offline. I have broadcasted an SOS signal multiple times now. But I am unsure if it has actually reached anybody or not. If someone is indeed coming, it would take about a week or two to reach me, depending on what kind of ship they're using. Hopefully, my rescuers will arrive by way of aircraft because I'm not terribly confident that my makeshift plug will last more than a few days at best, and I would hate to one morning wake up on the bottom of the ocean. I will spend the rest of my evening trying to reach the mainland, but as it stands, I don't have high hopes. I will admit, my circumstances are beginning to look more dire with each passing second, and I am starting to become increasingly worried that I will actually perish out here. Saturday, February 18th. I woke up to a small leak today, but I managed to seal it up with relative ease. I still haven't heard back from any emergency services, and the radio is no different today than it was yesterday. Contemplating my options, I sat on the deck basking in the lukewarm mid-Atlantic morning sun, when I heard a strange sound. It sounded like a faint splash sticking out from the calm ocean ambience like a sore thumb. Instinctively, I looked down, searching for the source of the sound. I scanned the azure waters without finding anything at first, and I was ready to give up when I laid my eyes on a peculiar stream of bubbles rising to the surface. As they breached the water, the signature splashing sound could be heard. Momentarily satisfied that I managed to locate the noise, I began pondering what it could actually be. I'd never seen anything like it before. Sure, I've seen bubbles before in my 10 years of sailing, but this was different. Before I had the chance to come up with a plausible explanation, they suddenly disappeared. Puzzled, I stared out into the blue expanse, looking for any trace of what could have caused them. Then, I heard a familiar sound, a little to my left. As I turned my head, I once again saw the focus stream of bubbles rising to the surface, only this time, it was closer to the stern. I walked across the deck and resumed studying the strange phenomenon. The bubbles were too far away from the boat, for it to be the cause, and the only other explanation for what it could be that I could think of, was a passing submarine, or perhaps a hydrothermal vent. Although it looked to be neither. Before I had the chance to reach a satisfying conclusion, the bubbles perpetually increased in size and ferocity, and it was as if that particular point in the ocean had all of a sudden turned into a raging jacuzzi. The bubbles erupted from the surface and spewed water everywhere, and I felt a few droplets trickle down my forehead. But just as suddenly as they had appeared, they vanished without a trace, and the ocean was put in an eerie state of tranquility. Dumbfounded, I stood there in silence, wondering if what I had just seen had even occurred, or if it was just a figment of my imagination. I got my answer pretty quickly though, as I spotted movement writhing beneath the waves. I leaned forwards on the railing, intently inspecting the strange object that was emerging from deep below me. As it got closer, reflective shades of a greenish white, began to shimmer in the sunlight. As the creature surfaced, a quizzical grimace, contoured across my face, and I was left with more questions than answers. With its belly up, the fish lifelessly rose to the top of the water. It looked to be a standard Atlantic herring. A small silver-colored fish that has provided me with many excellent meals during my time at sea. But seeing it just turn up dead like that, made me feel uneasy. Surely it must have been connected to those strange bubbles. As I contemplated grabbing my net and fishing it out of the sea, I spotted movement in the corner of my eye. I turned around to see another herring, mere feet away from the first, also floating lifelessly in the water. Then another one surfaced a short distance away, followed by another, and then yet another. The eerie sight made my jaw drop to the floor, and I stood there perplexed just watching the dozens of dead fish floating on the waves. I still can't wrap my mind around how. Or why that happened. As I said, the mysterious stream of bubbles must have been responsible in some way. But how? I wish I had an adequate internet connection so that I could google it or something. As for the rest of the day, nothing remarkable happened. I have decided to spend the remainder of the evening inside the cozy confines of the cabin, as I feel a bit apprehensive about staying out on deck now, especially after dark. First the spire, and now this. I don't know, something just feels a bit odd. Can't wait to get the hell out of here. Sunday, February 19th. I have no idea how I didn't notice them before. Whilst preparing breakfast in the galley, I glanced over to the thick spike still pierced through the hole. I routinely inspected for leaks, when my eyes caught a strange pattern, engraved on the rusty surface. I put down my sizzling frying pan and walked over to investigate. Upon closer examination, I could faintly make out a series of strange patterns and symbols. They looked to be runes of some kind. I ripped out a page from this very logbook, placed it on top of the icons, and started tracing them with a pencil. Once finished, I was left with four otherworldly symbols. Two of them looked like a hashtag, coupled with tiny spirals scattered about. And the remaining two are way too intricate and detailed for me to be able to even attempt to describe. This only made me more curious as to what the purpose and origins of the spire truly are. How deep does it descend? What lies at the bottom? And what does it do? These were all questions I vowed to answer, and so I came up with a plan to do so. In my late 20s, I used to work part-time as an assistant oceanographer. One of the projects I worked on required us to use these specialized deep-sea cameras to chart the bottom of a trench right by the southern coast of Argentina. These cameras were able to withstand immense pressure, up to 500 atmospheres to be exact. It also just so happens that I own one of these cameras. Though I haven't used it in close to half a decade. Hopefully, it will still turn on. If it doesn't, I'll just abandon the idea. My plan is to attach the recording camera to a rope, and lower it to the sea floor next to the spire, in hopes that I may come closer to understanding this enigmatic structure once and for all. As I'm writing this, I just noticed some water spilling into the cabin, so I'll have to take care of that first. But after that, I'll spend the rest of the day preparing the equipment for the abysmal descent. Hopefully, I can get things ready and going by noon, if not, I'll postpone the expedition until tomorrow morning. Sunday, February 19th, Entry Number 2 Thank God, the camera still worked. I spent close to an hour tweaking and modifying it, restoring it to its full functionality once more. Under normal circumstances, it is possible to view the camera feed live through the use of a computer, and even make real-time movements and zoom-ins with it. But for some reason, the computer is unable to maintain a steady connection with the camera for longer than a minute, before everything cuts to static, so I opted for a more traditional method. The plan was to set the camera to record, and then manually lower it to the seafloor. There, I'll let it sit for a couple of minutes before reeling it back up to the surface. After that, I'll connect it to the computer and review the footage. Hopefully, I will get clear imaging even though I can't control it remotely. And so, I did just that. I tied a strong nylon rope around the camera and securely fastened it. I have a near endless supply of ropes and cords in my utility closet, so I was never worried about running out of depth. I picked up the equipment and went up on deck. It was the middle of the afternoon, but I still had a couple of hours left of sunlight. I tied the other end of the rope to the railing of the boat, and I set the camera to record. As I walked up to the starboard side, right next to where the spire breached the surface of the water, I stared down into the cold depths below. The ocean somehow seemed darker today, coated in an unnerving veil of inky black. I shuddered for a moment, but then felt relief in the fact that it was only the camera that would get submerged, and not myself. I double checked to see if everything was still working as intended, and then I carefully lowered the camera into the water. I watched as it slowly faded from view, sinking deeper and deeper into the abyss. It was an eerie sight. As I kept on lowering the camera, I pictured all the things that could be down there. I imagined an abundance of rare deep sea fish, and creepy crustaceans, with uncomfortably long limbs. You know, The sorts of things one would expect populating the ocean floor. Your typical anglerfish and horseshoe crabs. Maybe even a giant squid if I was lucky. But then I wondered what else would be down there. What unnatural sights would greet me as the camera reached the base of the spire? What was at the bottom? Atlantis? Rapture? Mermaids? I'm not sure how long I stood there, endlessly lowering hundreds upon hundreds of feet of rope down into the murky sea. I glanced up and watched as the sun was beginning to set on the horizon, painting everything in a serene orange hue. And then I felt the rope go limp as if the camera had finally reached the seafloor. A jolt of excitement coursed through me, and I actually felt a bit nervous. In my mind, I pictured what the camera was looking at at this very moment, and soon, I would be able to view it as well. I let it sit on the bottom for a couple of minutes before I began the tedious task of reeling it back up. Things were going well, until I suddenly felt a bit of resistance while pulling. I looked down, and observed a strange abundance of bubbles rising to the surface, similar to the bubbles I had seen only a couple of days prior. I thought it strange but continued as usual. But then, to my utter shock and horror, the rope began violently tugging. The same way a fishing rod does, once you've caught something big. I was completely perplexed, and I began panicking. I strained my arms and desperately tried to resist, but whatever force was pulling the other end of the rope, was way stronger than me. The tugging became so violent that I had to let go of the rope out of fear of rope burn. I watched helplessly as more and more rope flew over the edge of the boat and disappeared into the water. Whatever it was, kept dragging the camera further away from the boat. Soon, there wouldn't be enough rope left, and it would start tugging on the boat's railing. Would it break the railing? Or maybe, as absurd as it seems, start dragging the boat under. I couldn't chance it. I rushed downstairs into the cabin and grabbed the first knife I could find. I hurried back up and began severing the knot that was tied around the starboard side railing. Beside me, I could hear the sound of rope rapidly flying overboard with each passing second. A wave of relief washed over me as the knife cut the last fiber of the knot, releasing its grasp on the boat. Though it was regrettable that I had just lost my expensive deep-sea camera equipment, I was just happy to be out of harm's way. The last piece of rope sank into the ocean, and a sudden sense of serenity was cast across the waves. Everything was quiet, and the sun was setting. Cautiously, I moved toward the edge, once more, staring into the hostile world below, and I questioned the events prior. My mind raced to come up with a logical explanation, but I fell short. Had a shark accidentally swallowed the camera? the force seemed a bit excessive for it to be a shark. And why would it move so fast and violently if it did? A great sadness fell upon me as I realized I would never be able to see the astonishing footage the camera had recorded. And the mysteries of the spire would forever remain unanswered. If only I had been able to view it live. As I am writing this entry, I realize that I am left with a newfound fear of the ocean now. Everything that has been happening these past few days has warped my perception, of what used to be a place of happiness for me. Had the events of today even occurred? It all feels so surreal, so implausible. I think it's best that I go to bed now, it's been a rough day. But as the boat rocks up and down on the waves, I will lay in my bed and imagine the abyss, and the creatures that lurk just out of reach below me. Good night. Monday, February 20th. More dead fish floated up to the surface today. At least fifty by my count. I'm apprehensive about cooking them out of fear, that whatever caused their demise might still remain in their flesh as a toxin or something. The last thing I need is food poisoning, or worse. I have also had a few strange sightings of something circling the boat. The first time I saw it was this morning when I sat on the deck, doing maintenance on some lines, that had twisted. I heard a kind of blowing sound, reminiscent of when a whale or dolphin surfaces to take a breath. I quickly turned around just as the culprit fully submerged itself. I wasn't able to get a clear view, but I saw a dark shadow disappear beneath the waves. Initially, I suspected it may have been an orca and this got me a bit anxious as killer whales have been known to attack sailboats on multiple occasions. I continued working but remained vigilant. The next and last sighting happened in the afternoon, just as the sun was beginning its descent on the horizon. It had been a very humid day, and as a result, a thick layer of fog rested on top of the water. I was inspecting the peculiar weather phenomena when I initially spotted it. Way off in the distance, maybe a mile out in the ocean, I saw a dark circular shape, poke out of the water, still as a statue. Thinking it may have been debris at first, strained my eyes to properly gauge what I was looking at. Glistening rays of light penetrated through the thick haze from above, and I saw the light bounce off the wet object, along with two reflective dots that stared right back at me. And then, whatever it was, blinked. The whole ordeal reminded me of that famous Theodore Kittleson painting. My heart sank as I realized that whatever I was looking at was alive, and observing me just as I was observing it. I was revolted, and took a step back, only to see the entity vanish under the water. A couple of hours passed since, and I was in the galley cooking supper. The strange sightings had almost slipped my mind when I heard a bone-chilling sound. Coming from the porthole behind me, I heard a distinct tapping on the window. Goosebumps flooded my body, and I didn't dare turn around, frightened by what I may have seen on the other side of that glass. The tapping continued, ominously echoing throughout the cabin. Then an ear-splitting screech filled the air. Do you know the sound a chalkboard makes when you drag your nails across it? Yeah, it sounded just like that. Against every fiber of my being telling me not to turn around, I looked over my shoulder, but I saw nothing. Nothing except for three distinct scratch marks running along the glass surface of the porthole. I quickly locked my cabin door, pulled over the curtains, and began writing this entry. As I'm sitting here, fearful of what lurks outside, I desperately hope that emergency services are on their way. I don't know how much longer I have. Tuesday, February 21st. The oppressive darkness of the night still dominated the sky as I awoke this morning. Confused, I checked my watch, and it read 4.23 am. I wasn't due to wake up for another three hours, but for some reason, I laid wide awake in bed, listening to the waves crashing into the sailboat. I made an attempt to look out of the small porthole situated across the room. But i saw nothing but a void people often underestimate how dark it can actually get out at sea in the middle of the night it is impossible to see anything further away than where the light emitted from your boat can reach you can't even see the water surrounding you only a vacuum of darkness i'm not prone to randomly waking up this early so i laid still listening for any out of place sounds i was on high alert and I felt slightly paranoid. Remembering the strange events of the day prior didn't exactly help either. My subconscious mind was obviously telling me that something was wrong, but I had no idea of knowing what, or why. Then I heard it. A rhythmic creaking came from the deck above me. The sound was reminiscent of something heavy trudging across the boat. I sat up, intently concentrating on the noise. I heard the sound move from the front of the bow, all the way to the stern. They were slow and heavy footsteps. I was certain of it. Along with adrenaline, an immense sense of terror, shot through my body, and I froze in place. A part of me speculated that it may have been people from a rescue crew, though deep down I knew it was not the case. The steps moved in a sinister manner, I could tell. My ship could have been boarded by pirates, but it was highly unlikely I would encounter them all the way out here, especially in the middle of the night. I always made sure to turn off all the lanterns on the boat, before going to bed. I heard the creaks move toward the door to the cabin, and I held my breath, praying that whatever was outside couldn't get in. A series of thuds echoed through the boat, and I felt the walls tremble as something was savagely bashing against the door. Terrified, I rose out of bed and grabbed the knife that rested on the nightstand, clutching it tightly in my pale hands. I stood there motionless, listening to the deafening beating of my heart, accompanied by the banging of wood as I pointed the knife toward the bedroom door. If whatever was out there managed to get into the cabin, it could just as easily tear down the frail bedroom door. Still, it provided me with some level of comfort knowing that there was at least one more barrier between us. But just as quickly as it had arrived, the barrage of thumping abruptly stopped, and everything fell quiet once more. The heavy steps moved away from the cabin door, and shortly after, a loud splash could be heard. Was it gone? I stood there for hours, frozen until the first rays of light danced across the waves, and the sun rose on the horizon. It was only then that I felt brave enough to step out of my room, and into the cabin. Nothing seemed out of place in the cabin, except for the giant protruding spike of course. But I dreaded opening the cabin door and stepping out on deck. What if it was still there, just waiting for me? What if it had all been a trick? Knife in hand, I finally mustered up the courage to approach the door. As I swung it open, My heart skipped a beat when I saw what greeted me. The exterior of the door was covered in scratch marks and deep indentations, and a pool of water had gathered on the floor. But that's not the sight that horrified me the most. No, far from it. What really got me worked up was seeing the deep-sea camera that I lost yesterday sitting on the stairs leading up to the deck. It was battered and bruised, but it still remained somewhat intact. I quickly grabbed the camera and rushed inside. I booted up my PC and connected it to the camera. I didn't want to question why or how it ended up there, I was just thankful to have it back. While the footage was loading, I mentally prepared myself for the sights that it had captured. Tuesday, February twenty-first, Deep Sea Camera Footage Log The recording starts off as you would expect. I can see myself turning the camera on, and then bringing it toward the edge of the boat. I throw it overboard, and the camera breaches the surface of the water. As it begins to sink, bubbles flood the screen, making it hard to see anything past them, but they eventually subside, and the top of the spire is revealed. The built-in depth display on the camera tells me how deep down it is, in real time. At 50 feet beneath the waves, the spire broadens and becomes thicker and more sturdy. It is still covered in rust and barnacles. However, it stands as a stark contrast against the endless blue expanse. At the 1 minute and 50 seconds mark, the haunting cry of a whale can faintly be heard in the background through the device's microphone. As the camera sinks deeper, it becomes gradually darker in the ocean. At 100 feet, it seems the spire connects to a larger rectangular foundation, like that of the top of a skyscraper. The building is covered in algae and seaweed, and it looks to be extraordinarily derelict. Though it might resemble a skyscraper in form, the architecture is completely alien in design. It looks like it's made out of rock, or maybe concrete, with a few metal support beams scattered about. It also looks organic. I don't know what else to call it i guess it kind of reminds me of that weird church in barcelona the sagrada familia or whatever it's called it has several ornamental lines and carvings stretching all the way down its surface i can't understate how large this thing is it takes up over half the screen and the further down the camera sinks the broader the structure becomes at 350 feet Small cavernous orifices begin to form along the walls. The openings look like they run deep within the structure, and they seem intentional, as opposed to the product of erosion. Suddenly, a stream of bubbles obscures the camera feed, and it begins spinning uncontrollably. I lean forwards in my chair and desperately try to look beyond the bubbles, but it is useless. A deafening static sound can also be heard as the camera shambles around. When the bubbles finally disperse, the camera stabilizes, and finds itself down 600 feet below the surface. It's dark down here, but I'm still able to see the structure. If it gets dark enough, the camera will automatically turn on powerful floodlights and switch to night vision, so I'm not worried that I will lose the picture. The structure is cast in a dark blue hue now, and the surrounding ocean is nearly black at this point. A school of fish swims by, and I observe a multitude of crustaceans crawling along the surface of the building. The deeper down you get, the less the structure looks like a building, and instead resembles more natural subaquatic formations. What look to be corals make up the outer layer of the building now, but it is still possible to see original architecture, with the decorative runes that are etched into the walls. The engravings look to contain the exact same symbols as those on the spike that i previously made a sketch of at 800 feet the ocean is completely black and the device's automated floodlights kick in illuminating the surrounding waters in a ghastly green glow the orifices scattered about the structure are larger now and if i were to guess i would say they would serve as entrances into the building a sudden crash catches me off guard and I jolt up in my seat. The camera stands still. It seems I have reached the seafloor. Particles of sand fly everywhere, and the camera is temporarily blinded. Once the dust has settled, I get a clear view of the surrounding abyss. The sand below is completely white, and there are a couple of critters crawling along the ground. I gawk, as I notice what has become of the structure. An enormous primordial gate, meets my gaze. You could probably fit a blue whale in there if you tried. It is decorated with intricate patterns, and through the cracks of its massive iron doors, you can clearly see a bright light source emanating from somewhere within. Upon witnessing the extraordinary find, pits began to fill in my stomach, and shivers run up my spine. A sense of dread overtook me. Who, or what was the gate for? I felt nauseous just at the thought of this structure even existing in the first place, much less that it was located directly below me. The camera lingers on the gate for a while before, in a jagged motion, it starts to ascend. This must have been the point where I started reeling it in. The gate is still visible as the camera rises upwards, though it is slowly fading out of frame. However, in the final moments before the gate is out of view entirely, A rapid commotion of shadows can be seen moving behind the gate, obscuring the light between the gaps. And just as the gate completely disappears from view, one can clearly see the doors begin to open. A loud creaking sound ripples through the water as the gate unlocks, and thousands of bubbles release from the newly formed opening, partially blinding the camera. As the camera continues to ascend, vast shadows swim by in the distance, just out of reach, making them impossible to identify. A low-pitched and distorted cry is picked up by the microphone. The best way to describe it would be to say it sounded like a mix between a whale's cry and a dog's bark. I haven't heard anything like it before. Something swims by, right in front of the camera, and the device is sent spiraling out of control. Before it has the chance to stabilize itself, it is hit again, and this time it is shrouded in darkness, and the audio cuts out. The screen is black, but the depth display shows it descending at an impossibly fast rate. Then the feed cuts out. The video just stops. Horrified, I sat still in front of my computer, a flurry of thoughts racing through my mind, but none of them were pleasant. I examine the camera itself and upon closer inspection see what looks to be bite marks, stretched across its surface. I will spend the rest of my day fortifying the entire cabin. Making sure that nothing can get in. I will make this sailboat an impenetrable fortress. I'm not taking any chances, not anymore. I have a feeling that whatever was here last night, will return. Thursday, February 23rd. I'm afraid this might be my final entry. Yesterday was busy, so I didn't have time to write. I don't have much time now, so I'll try to make it short, I apologize. As mentioned earlier, I have fortified the entire sailboat, making it virtually impossible for anyone to get inside. And boy am I glad I did. Last night, a flurry of attacks suddenly erupted from all sides of the boat. Without warning, something began aggressively scratching at the hull, banging on the door, biting at the walls, etc., you get the idea. I still don't know if there are more of them, or if it is just a large singular entity, but whatever it is desperately wants to get inside the cabin. And I fear it's not just for a social visit either. Thankfully it seems to be docile during the day, but just as soon the sun disappears from the horizon, it comes out to play. It is currently one hour until sundown, and I have done everything I could possibly do to prepare myself for the events that will transpire tonight. I have armed myself with several knives, and done some push-ups for morale. I am almost certain this will be my end. However, as the cabin door won't withstand another attack. And to top it all off, as if my situation couldn't get any more hopeless a steady stream of water has begun leaking in from the damn spike stuck in my hole. I can't emphasize enough how much I loathe the sight of it. That thing is the sole reason I am caught up in my horrible conundrum in the first place. I'm not sure how many days I've been out here, I think it's only been a week, but it feels like a bloody lifetime. Whatever happens tonight, my suffering here will come to an end. Though. I highly doubt I will emerge victorious. I have spent most of the day typing up all the relevant logs digitally, and hopefully, my frail internet connection is able to upload it somewhere. It will be my lasting legacy, and my story will serve as a cautionary tale to any sailors daring enough to cross the Atlantic. I can hear it outside now. Time is running out. I can hear a deep guttural growl bellow from the depths and the sound is loud enough to send vibrations through the boat. Something is coming. This will be my final message, if you spot a giant rusty spire sticking out of the water in the middle of the ocean, stay clear of it at all costs. Whatever is down there is unfathomably ancient, and it is not made by humans. Goodbye.